Well, praise the Lord and good evening, Maranatha. Are you guys excited for tonight? Because I certainly know I am. And what a beautiful job our worship ministry did bringing us into the presence. You know, it's amazing, isn't it? He's told us what he wants. He's told us where to enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise and that he inhabits the praises of his people. And so we invite the presence through our praise. And now we're going to open the word and we have a treat for us tonight. Jonathan Kahn is in the house. And he has a new book, The Josiah Manifesto. You can pick one of these up on your way out. He will be signing copies. But I'm so honored and excited to hear from my friend, Jonathan Kahn. He's a prophetic voice for this hour for the church. And he has a message from the Lord. And I just want you to give him a big, warm welcome. And uh, Jonathan, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Shalom. <laughs> it is great to be back um, in San Diego. The Lord is alive here. And I'm always blessed to be here at uh, Maranatha. There's such a sweet spirit, such a sweet spirit of God's worship and praise. Um, let me tell you before uh, we get into everything, I'll tell you what happened as I was coming here. I was in Ohio and uh, I was at a hotel and uh, at a 4.30 in the morning, a siren goes off in my room. And, and I hear the voice says, everybody, there's a fire, everybody get out of the hotel. And so I don't know what, I don't even know where I am. I just get up, I take whatever I have, I, I put on gym shorts and a, and a suit on, I my jacket, I have nothing to wear. It's sub-zero uh, degrees, we're all in the snow outside. And then, you know, when you do that, you're thinking, you know, you know, I don't want, you don't want to be seen because you just jumped out. It's 4.30 in the morning uh, and some, and I'm there and someone says, Jonathan Kahn. And I'm thinking, not necessarily. Said, so Jonathan Kahn, I know it. He says, and I have your book in my hotel room. I'm reading your book tonight. I've been reading the Josiah Manifesto tonight. And then the whole thing happened. I said, okay, you know, so one guy saw me and that. Another guy walks by, he says, Jonathan Kahn. He says, it, it, he says, I have your book. And in his bag, you know, you, you, you know, when they have a fire drill, you know, some people take their valuables. He took my book out of the flame. You know, so if there's a fire, make sure you get my book. And so, <laughs> so, he said, so then a third guy comes up. He says, Jonathan Kahn. I said, I know, you have my book. You have the design manifesto? He goes, no. I said, okay. He says, I have the harbinger too in the hotel room. And then the guy goes up in the middle of the fire thing going on. He goes up to get the book, which you're not supposed to do, risks his life to get the book. And then at 4.30 in the morning, I'm doing a book signing in the fire drill in the middle of the night. You know. So that's what happened on the way here. Um, but the thing is, you don't have to risk your life to get the book. <laughs> so let me just tell you what we'll have. I have a lot to share with you tonight. No matter how much I share, 
I can only give you a taste. So for that reason, my ministers get the word out. So as always, right after the service, where they ever, you know where it is, wherever they have the books, I'll go over there, I'll meet you, I'll sign as many as I can. Um, you guys are always great with that. Um, they'll, have, they'll have five of my books that are prophetic there, not only for you, but for people in your life who need to do it. So if you have the books, get it for them. Here is what they'll have. The first, they'll probably put it up there. The first is the Book of Mysteries. And that is, uh, that will have hundreds of the mysteries of God and um, to be blown away, but also have your life changed. But also, people are giving it to unsaved people and they're getting saved and they're thanking them for it. So that Book of Mysteries is a whole other thing. That's the first one. Second is the Oracle. That is the only book I've written that specifically opens up the mysteries of end time prophecy and the countdown, Jerusalem, the countdown to the end and all sorts of things along that. Third one is the Harbinger 2 that I held back for writing for years until God said this is the time and you have to let my people know where we are, where it's going. And so that is really for the book for now and what is coming. The fourth one just came out, I shared a little bit of it last year, which is the return of the gods. There's explosive, what if the ancient spirits, the gods the Bible speaks about, were here, came back, were here in, at work in America, in our culture, the, the possessor, the enchantress, the destroyer that are moving behind everything that's happening, and once you see it, you can't unsee it. The last one is the one that just came out, and that, that is the Josiah Manifesto. That is the ancient mystery and guide for the end times. I'll give you a taste of it. Of course, I can only give you a taste. I'll do as best I can with that. But everything is there. That will be there after the service. You'll get a taste of it. But my calling is to get the word out. And this is to encourage you to get not just for yourself, but for people in your life who need it. So what they're going to do over there is this. Most of All of these are hardcovers. Um, they're listing... The latest one's listing around $30. One book will be $15. Two, it'll go, go down and down and down. If you get five or six, it's going to go down to like $10. That is now less cheaper than a Big Mac meal. And you cannot save anybody with a Big Mac. But you can. You can change them. So, so take advantage of it. That's all I say. Take advantage of it. It's going to be the lowest uh, really on earth tonight. Okay. And last, one last thing. That is that I, it's, it's not available anywhere pretty much. And so I actually usually bring it on the plane when I come. I only do it where I'm speaking. And, it's, uh, and this is not on Amazon. It's not on anything. And that is uh, what we're going to, not only what we're going to talk about today, but it's going to open up what's not in there. It is the Josiah Manifesto Uncensored. If they have that, yeah. This is the eight DVD album, eight one-hour DVDs where you're going to not just hear it, you're going to see the mysteries unfold. It's going to happen. You're going to see prophetic things caught on the video. The mysteries that I couldn't get into entirely, other mysteries as well. It actually, when it came out, it actually started coming true. What, what I'm going to share, it, it actually foretold, one of the mysteries foretold what was going to happen in Israel. And so therefore what I did, I never do this, I made an extra video, which I've never done, because what's happened since, and so it's going to be in here, I believe it's in there, so it's not going to be eight, it's going to be nine, um, and it's going to be loose because there's no room for it, and so that, this mystery may even enable you to know what is events that are coming and when they will happen, so it's only here because that's nowhere else, it comes out to like four dollars and something a DVD, so that's for your, your, your blessing today, and last thing is, if you want to get prophetic updates or get in touch, people always ask, um, the 
ministry is called hopeoftheworld.org. If you go there, you'll get all sorts of stuff, but they'll have, a, they'll have some sheets there. If you put your contacts, we'll get all of that to you. If you're ever near New, New York or New Jersey, that's where I'm from. That's the Jerusalem Center. I invite you to be my guest. And if we're ready, let's, are we ready? Yeah. Let's begin. Father, we praise you tonight. We ask your great anointing, Father. Have your way, Lord. I ask, Lord, in my weakness, be strong in your power and touch your people. Lord, we ask, Father, for your reality in every way. Lord, your power. And we just praise you for you and your presence here. In the name of Yeshua, Jesus, the light of the world. Amen. Amen. What if God was sending us a message? What if there was a prophetic revelation of where we are? of where it's going, of what is coming. And what if in this revelation there was a blueprint or a guide about what we need to know for the days ahead and what we need to know to prevail and to overcome no matter what happens. That is what led me to, to since I was last here, to write the Decide Manifesto. Now let me say something at the beginning. And, and that is that on a Friday night in October, I was led to share at my congregation in New Jersey, Beth Israel, one of the mysteries from the book. The mystery was going to come true the next day across the world in Israel. The mystery ordained, and it's an ancient mystery, that there would be an attack on the Israel. It would be a ground invasion. It would catch Israel by surprise. It would take place on the Sabbath day. It would happen on a Hebrew holy day. It would lead to war, and it would take place on the first Saturday of October of 2023. The book came out just 30 days before that happened. Now, I don't know how many other things are in that mystery that will come true, but before I finish, I'll give you a taste of how that did that. Now, the mystery I'm sharing, I want to really take you on a prophetic journey to open these things up. And it's going to be kind of like a biblical mystery uh, tour that's going to all come together. Begins on the island of Cuba. Fidel Castro opened up the island of Cuba for one month for the gospel to be spread, or, or at least for there to be celebrations throughout the island of Christians for one month. And the Christians of Cuba asked me to come and open it up. Now, I knew, now I went there, I, I opened it up and I sounded the, the trumpet, the shofar, and then it I journeyed across the island for one month, and the last event was in Havana in Revolution Square. At that last event, Fidel Castro shows up, and I'm invited to go to the presidential palace of Fidel Castro. And so I went there with three objects. The first was a Bible in Spanish that was banned in Cuba. Second was a prophetic object that was a shofar inscribed with a scripture linked to the Jubilee. And the third was a sheet of paper which had a prophetic word which I wrote down for him also linked to the Jubilee. Now the object and the message gave the time that he would have left before he would be removed from his reign. It would have to the year the reign would end, the month, the week, the day, and even the hour. It was based on an ancient mystery from the Bible, the ancient ordinance of the Jubilee. And you know every 50th year was the Jubilee. In the, 50, in the Jubilee, what was done was undone. If you lost your land in the year of Jubilee, you got it back in the year they gave it to you. 
It was a year of restoration, and we know that part, but there was another side to it. If you took somebody's land that didn't belong to you in the year of Jubilee, it was taken away from you. So the year of Jubilee was not just restoration, it was also restitution, and really a form of judgment. Fidel Castro took what didn't belong to him, and in the year of his Jubilee, it was taken from him. Now this mystery is gonna affect America, all our lives. Because in everything we just went through, it was the year 1970 that America began taking something that didn't belong to it. In the year 1970, we began taking the lives of our children, our unborn children. That is when it began, abortion on demand. What happens if you go to the Jubilee year of abortion? 1970, 50 years later, takes you to the year 2020. Anything happen in 2020? A plague came on the land. What we had taken life, and now life was taken. The prophet Jeremiah told Israel, what you do to the children will be done to you. And one of the things he said was gonna come on Israel because of what they did, is something in Hebrew called the Dever Gadol, which in Hebrew, Dever Gadol means a great plague or a massive pandemic. When exactly did abortion make its entrance on the American continent? Happened in New York when the bill that would legalize it would end up in Roe versus Wade, made its appearance in the New York legislature. It took place on January 20th, 1970. What happens if you go 50 years from that day? According to the Jubilee, 50 years, it would take you to the year, to the day, January 20th, 2020. Anything happen? January 20th, 2020 is the day that this plague, this pandemic, officially enters American soil. 50 years to the exact day that we began turning to taking the lives of our children. That's when it began. But the time when it all fell on the nation, we all remember it, it was in March. It was in the middle of March and when everything shut down. That was, the, the media called it the day that changed everything. And that is, it happened when the virus was called a pandemic, the day that America was put under quarantine, the stock market crashed, the president addressed the nation. Everything began shutting down, our lives were changed. When it happened, it was March 11th, 2020. If you go back 50 years from that day, it takes it to March 11th, 1970. Anything happen? March 11th, 1970 is the day we began killing our children. 50 years to the exact day. But the mystery goes further. The prophet Jeremiah, he was looking over the valley of Hinnom where, the, where they were offering up their children to the gods. And he said, what you did in this valley, because of what you did, the blood of the children, judgment is coming to that valley and your blood will be shed. So the principle is it returns to the place where the children's blood were, was shed. Now, does America have a valley of Hinnom? It does. It's called New York. New York is the abortion capital of America. The blood of more children have been shed there than any other place. America led much of the world into abortion. In late March and April of that year when our lives changed, this, this virus started focusing on America, became the center. And in America, it started focusing on the little sliver of land. New York became the global capital of the plague. One out of every two cases in America were happening in New York. It became that. On April 10, 2020, New York passed a milestone. There were more cases in New York than any other nation, including China on Earth. 
If you go back, that was the peak. If you go back from that day, 50 years, April 10th, takes it April 10th, 1970. Anything happen? April 10th, 1970 is the day that New York legalized abortion. Now, abortion entered the continent through New York. New York's the gate. And actually, so more, in the first three years, from 1970 till Roe versus Wade, most of the abortions in America were happening in New York, the majority. And it spread to the nation. 50 years later, you have another three-year period, but it's of this, of this pandemic. How many, well, the thing is that if you had COVID, what scientists discovered is that most of the cases in the entire country of COVID came through the gate of New York, where we killed our children 50 years before. In fact, if you had the virus, the virus bore the markers of the gate where we did that to our children. But there's one other thing, and then we're gonna to move to another mystery. Jeremiah said that when the death comes, it would correspond to what you did to the, to the blood of the children. So the question is asked, I, this is question is asked in the book, how many children died in that critical three-year period, the entrance until Roe versus Wade, 1970 to 73? 1.3 million. 50 years later, the plague strikes down 1.3 million Americans matching the exact number of children. Now we move to another mystery. Could an ancient mystery lie even behind what happened on Capitol Hill on January 6th? To speak of that, about that, I have to open up the mystery of the man called Donald Trump. I first began in the paradigm I spoke, but since that book came out, the mystery kept coming true. Though he doesn't know it or intend it, Donald Trump is following the prototype of the ancient biblical leader, Jehu. Jehu was a man of controversy. Jehu was wild. He was unpredictable. He was uncontrollable. You never knew what he was going to do or say next. Donald Trump. Jehu was not a politician. He was a fighter. Donald Trump fights with everybody. In fact, there's evidence in the ancient Hebrew that Jehu had a Twitter account, but I'm not going into that. I'm not going to go into it tonight. We don't know if Jehu was a man of God, but he was used of God. Jehu made an alliance with the religious conservatives of the land. Trump made an alliance with the religious conservatives of the land. Jehu took a partner into the chariot in his chariot race to the throne. Trump took a partner. He was a religious conservative. Trump took a religious conservative as his partner. Jehu rose to power when the, when the king, the king who was on the throne at the time, had been on the national stage for 12 years. Trump rose to power when the, when the president, Obama, had been on the national stage for 12 years. In order to come to power, Jehu came to a showdown with the nation's former first lady. So Trump came to a showdown with the nation's former first lady, Hillary Clinton. The polls said Clinton would win, but the template of Jehu said that Jehu would win. Hillary Clinton had been on the national stage with her husband for 22 years. On her own, 12 years in public office, then she ran for president for two years, 14 years. So 22 years with her husband, 14 years on her own. The ancient queen whom Hillary Clinton template follows was on the national stage with her husband 22 years and on her own 14 years. Now what I'm about to tell you was foreshadowed in the paradigm, but the template came true three years after I wrote it. And this is not political and this is not to condone, it is to reveal. In the paradigm in the Bible, 
Jehu calls for people throughout the nation to come to the capital city. Trump calls for the people to come to Washington. And the city of Jehu and the capital, there's a great capital building. It's a temple. It's a great capital temple, capital building. city of Trump is the, the capital building. In the ancient template, the people of Jehu go down to the capital building and they surround it. So on January 6th, the people of Trump did that. Some of them did. In the template, the people of Jehu storm the capitol building while proceedings are going on. On January 6th, they stormed the capitol building when proceedings were going on. Now there's so much to this, but to say this. In those days, the capitol police announced how many people they had arrested on site for that, what happened on the capitol building. Made headlines, said 80 people. We have arrested 80 people, 80 people. In the template of Jehu, the words appear in the book of 2 Kings in Hebrew, Shmonim Ish. It speaks of those who went into that great capital building and stormed it. In English, it translates to 80 people. Now, let me throw this in. The week that began January 6th, which was going to transfer control of Congress to the Democratic Party, which had an agenda that was for abortion, that was against, that was against gender and sexual, which really goes back in the Bible to what they were dealing with in the days of Jehu. It was actually opened up with a prayer to dedicate the new Congress with a new agenda, and it was prayed not in the name of the God of the Bible, it was prayed in the name of the God Brahma. So the whole Congress was dedicated to a foreign God. Now the Bible says that Jehu came against the Temple of Baal and overturned it, pulled it down. The Temple of Baal was the vessel that enabled the people to kill their children modern America, the vessel that has enabled America to kill its children was Roe versus Wade. Roe versus Wade was a modern temple of Baal. And so here was another mystery of the paradigm that came true afterwards. You see, it was Jehu who pulls down the temple of Baal. Now, no matter whatever you think of Donald Trump, it's not about Donald Trump. But Donald Trump, walking in that template, was central in the pulling down of Roe versus Wade. And he did it by appointing three people to the Supreme Court, particularly the last one who had cast the vote. You see, it was only by one vote that that happened, one single vote. But the Jubilee is not about just restitution, it's about restoration. While all these things were happening and we're locked down and we're going through COVID and we're going through all these things the last few years, without even realizing it, there was another mystery unfolding of redemption. Abortion became the law of the land when Roe versus Wade was, it was sent to the Supreme Court in 1970, the summer of 1970. When is the Jubilee? Go 50 years later, it takes you to the summer of 2020. In that summer, another case is sent to the Supreme Court. And that case called Dobbs versus Jackson is going to overturn Roe versus Wade. And the amazing thing, we don't have time to go into it, but everything that happened with Roe versus Wade was matched 50 years later at every step by this other case that would overturn it. In the book of Esther, Haman sent a decree to bring destruction and death to the Jewish people. That decree was linked to the 13th day of Adar or the 13th day of the 12th month. Day of death and de destruction, 13th day of the 12th month. Roe versus Wade received its hearing at the Supreme Court was heard on December 13th. That's the 13th day of the 12th month. That is the day of the decree that brings death and destruction. But in the book of Esther, a second decree goes forth, issued by Mordecai and Esther through the king, 
This one is going to overturn the other decree of death and destruction. It went forth on the Hebrew date, Sivan 23. Sivan 23 became a holy day in the Hebrew year. Every year, Jewish people pray on that day for God to overturn evil decrees. The case that would overturn Roe versus Wade went forth to the Supreme Court on June 15, 2020. But on the Bible's calendar, it went forth on Sivan 23, the day of the decree that would overturn the evil decree. Who could put that together but the hand of God? Now, there's a mystery of days I open up in the book in which the shakings that came on America, came on all our lives, from, from COVID to the summer of rage to everything that happened, everything happened according to a sacred ancient calendar. Every Hebrew holy day ordained, revealed what would happen and exactly when it would happen. But in the autumn of that year of COVID, and we're all going through all these things, I was led with another man to ask to call for a national day of prayer and repentance. It was called the return. The day was set two years before the shaking, but I had a very strong sense that 2020 was gonna be a year of shaking. We gathered on the National Mall, some of you may have been there, tens of thousands of believers from all over the nation to repent and pray and intercede for America if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. And so when millions were watching online, we had no idea. It's called the day of the return, and the day we chose it was actually a Hebrew holy day, which is called Shabbat Shuvah, which means the Sabbath day of the Shuvah means the return. So we chose the return to happen without knowing it on the day of the return, having no idea what we're doing. See, it tells me something. In the Lord, you don't have to know what you're doing. You just have to know the one who's doing it. Amen? Now, so this is the day, Shabbat Shavah, day of return or turning or repentance. It's appointed from ages past for a nation to turn away from its evil. Now, President Trump had to appoint a justice, the last justice he would appoint, because a former justice, Justice Ginsburg, passed away on the Hebrew holy day of the Feast of Trumpets. And so he had to do that. That, would, that happened just about a week before the return. So he had to choose a day to do that. And so to do that because by, he had to nominate this one, the last one, this would be the one vote that would overturn Roe versus Wade. So on that day that he's going to choose, it's going to set in motion the overturning of Roe versus Wade. He chose Shabbat Shuvah, the day of the return, when a nation is to repent of a sin. Now I'm sure that Donald Trump was not studying the ancient Hebrew when he decided that. He probably just said, hey, I feel like it. But God's in charge. So while we're praying on the Capitol, on the, on the National Mall, he's on, at the White House and getting ready. Now the ancient sign of God's power is the shofar, the trumpet. When the shofar sounded, the walls of Jericho fell down. When the shofar sounded, the battle of people of God won their battle. When the shofar sounded, the, jubilee, the slaves were set free on the Jubilee. So I was led for, a, for like, like months before that we had to seal all those prayers. And we had to seal them all and we're going to sound at the sound of the shofar, the sound of the trumpet. And I was led that it had to be at 5 p.m. So at 5 p.m. on the National Mall, I, I call for it. I said, those who have shofars, come on up. And I told everybody, when you hear the sound of the trumpet, the sound of the shofar, shout as on the day of Jericho the walls when they fell down. 
And then I said, now we seal the prayers that we have prayed here. And I believe we were sealing 50 years of prayers. And I said, now in the name of Jesus, Yeshua, let the power of God go forth. And then I said, go. At that moment, the trumpet sounded. The people shouted. Meanwhile, on the lawn of the White House stood the president with Amy Barrett at his side. He opens his mouth and sets in motion the overturning of Roe versus Wade. That was set in motion at that moment. I said, go. We looked at the videotape. The trumpet sounded, the people shouted at 5 o'clock, 4 minutes, and 33 seconds. The overturning of Roe versus Wade began when the president opened his mouth, and he did so at 5 o'clock, 4 minutes, and 33 seconds. The exact same year, the day, the week, the minute, and the second. You see, the secret story of history the media will never tell you, CNN will never tell you. Roe versus Wade began overturning with the sound of God's power, the prayers of God's people, the sound of Jericho at the split second in the year of jubilee of abortion on the day of turning and repentance. Only God could have put that together. Only God does put that together. Now I'm going to do something that I normally don't do, but I want you to, I don't want you just to hear it. I want you to see it. And this is one of the things I wanted to, that's why I, sometimes we do DVDs, but I want you to see this. And that is, I want you to see the exact moment. This is not just me talking about the exact moment that it actually all turned, which changed the course by the power. What you're going to see if this, if this goes right on one side of the video, you're going to see us on the national mall at that moment. On the other side of the video, you're going to see President Trump at the, on the White House lawn. Okay, so let's see. This, if so, it's a prophetic moment. You can put it on, guys. From here, and Lord, we, as we seal the return and the power of God, now, Lord, let the sound of your power go forth to the world. In yet, Jesus, Yeshua's name, go. I stand before you today to fulfill one of my highest and most important duties under the United States Constitution, the nomination of a Supreme Court Justice. That is the power of God. That is the hand of our God. The same God who moved history in ancient times in the Bible is just as alive today. And is just as mighty today. And he is behind all those things. And he's amazing. And the thing is, though, he said, Lord, I said, Lord, that was incredible. When I found, when I looked at the table, I said, oh, Lord. But I said, one thing you could have done better. See, it's always good to correct God if he goes off. I said, Lord, there were six trumpets. There were six guys up there, six trumpets. I said, it would have been nicer if you had seven. Like Jericho. I said, that would have been nicer. And then all of a sudden it hit me. He said, no, no, no. Was, what is the name of your president? Trump. He was the trumpet. He was the seventh trumpet. <laughs> I said, the trumpet sounds, and the trump sounded. And when the trump sounds, things get overturned. And it sounded, Trump sounded in the year of Jubilee. See, God also has a sense of humor as well. And the thing is, there were over 150 speakers that day. And if any of you know about preachers, for a preacher to stay on time, that's a miracle. 
We had 150 people if any one of them had gone one second too long or one second too short, it never would have happened. But God, our God, is awesome. When he says he works all things in your life for good, he means all things, every moment of your life. If you're following God, every moment. You don't always see it. I don't always see it. But then the moment comes when he lifts up the veil and you see everything how to be exact. All you have to do is follow his will. You don't have to know everything. You follow his will and he will work it out. Now, there are so many mysteries from the book that we do, will not have time to go into. But there was, I'll just give a little example. For instance, there was a day that God broke a curse on America on an ancient day in the Bible that is appointed to break a curse on a nation. There's a single act, it was called the, the Phineas Factor, where the act of one person was linked to the collapse of COVID to the, to the day. In our, there's so much. But I want to show you something that I promised. I've shared with you a little taste of the 50-year Jubilee and mystery. The events of our time have been replaying according to this mystery. In the book, I took the mystery up from 19, to 1973 to 2023, the, the January, the beginning of 2023. And the book came out. But there was one more gigantic event. 1973, Roe Ro versus Wade became the law. But there was one other gigantic event in 1973. And it was a 50-year mystery that would transpire. I was sharing, when I shared about the 50-year mystery, as I told you that Friday night at the congregation, I didn't even realize that the, the day I, I was sharing it turned out to be the 50th anniversary of that event. And that event, what it ordained, that there would be an attack on the land of Israel in autumn of 23. A mass, it was a mass ground invasion. And what this happened, what happened is in 1973, there was an attack on the land of Israel in the autumn, a massive ground invasion that took Israel by surprise. It was called the Yom Kippur War. 50 years later, another event is going to parallel it. It caught, as the Yom Kippur War caught Israel off guard, so did this catch Israel off guard. The Yom Kippur War took place on the Sabbath. So this took place on the Sabbath, the 50 Sabbath to the 50 years to the exact Sabbath. The Yom Kippur War took place on a Hebrew holy day, Yom Kippur. What happened in October took place on a Hebrew holy day called Simchat Torah. It led to war. Yom Kippur led to war, and so did this lead to war. We're still in it. The Yom Kippur invasion took place on the first Saturday of October 1973. It ordained the invasion would take place on the first Saturday of October 2023. It was all there. Now, we don't have time to go into all of that, but there was something in it. That's why I, I was led to do that extra uh, disc there. The mystery reveals that there's an exact countdown of days. It's over 2,000 days, and it ends up on that Saturday morning of when it would happen. And again, I don't know how much else it will tell us about what is yet to come, but it happened exactly. What happened on October 7th, 2023, bears witness that the Bible is true. Because the Bible says that there's a nation that God put Israel in the world. And Israel is a witness to his existence. And here we are, 
4,000 years later, and all those other nations and kingdoms are gone, but the nation of Israel is still here. That is the hand of God. The Bible says that in the last days, the entire world will be focusing on that little New Jersey-sized strip of land, Israel, and here we are, and it is. The Bible says that the nations will be in a rage and uproar against Israel in the last days, and so they are again. And that makes no sense in the natural, because there's no reason why the whole world would be obsessed with this little strip of land, but the Bible said it. The Bible is true. And the Bible also says that there is an enemy. And that, that enemy is against the Jewish people and the nation of Israel. And that enemy has tried to wipe out the nation of Israel for 4,000 years. Why? Because it is through Israel that God's purposes will come to pass. It is through Israel that your Messiah, your Redeemer, your Savior is coming again. And so the enemy knows. Yeah, you can applaud for that. That, for that. We're going to applaud then. You know, the, the enemy possessed those people. That was demonic. And so how real that is. You know what? See, the enemy knows that when the Jewish people come back to the land and come back to Jerusalem, somebody else is coming back to Jerusalem. Amen. And so he'll do anything he can to stop it. See, the devil is real. But God is more real. Now, we, to bring this home, to bring it back to the Jubilee, now with America, because it's going to unlock another revelation. It all comes together to unlock something. Open it up. In the ancient ordinance of Leviticus, the Jubilee ordains that in the 50th year, it, it, what was done is undone, is nullified. Now, we think, if we think of the 50th year, we think often like, hey, Hey, I turned 50, now it's, now it's, when you turn 50, your 50th year is finished. You understand that, right? Your 50th year is when you turn 49 and ends when you turn 50. So you're actually a lot older than you think. <laughs> if you think about it, you're in your decade and your day. But, so it begins then. According to the mystery of Leviticus, the jubilee of Roe versus Wade began on January 22nd, 2022, the 50th year, ended on January 22nd, 2023. Those were the parameters to be undone. When was Roe versus Wade overturned? In that exact parameter of the 50th Jubilean year. And here's the thing. You know what an altar is? An altar is where you offer something up. Back then, it was where they sacrificed, they offered up. You there's death on the altar. Roe versus Wade was the most colossal altar in our civilization on which millions of children had been sacrificed. And we know that what happened is not the end of the story, it's just the beginning of the fight. But on that day, it was the hand of God that broke that altar into. That was the hand of God. What happened on that day was actually a biblical, massive, colossal sign that most people missed. What happened was the sign of the broken altar. When Israel turned away from God and served other gods, if a righteous king rose up and led them to repentance and revival, they would go up to the high places or go down to the valley and they would break the altars of the gods of Baal and break the altars of Moloch and break the altars of Ashtoreth, break the altars where they offered up their children because they were repenting. And revival broke out. The broken altar 
The sign of the broken altar is the sign on one hand of change, of judgment, of, of, of evil, and the chance for revival. See, back then, the sign of revival wasn't a gospel crusade tent meeting, which are great. It was the sign of the broken altar. And that has appeared. And there's one name in all of Scripture who is more connected to the sign of the broken altar, more than anybody, and that name is Josiah. In an age of darkness, Josiah, we don't even know how he did it. His father was a disaster, apostate. His grandfather was a greater disaster, apostate. Somehow, Josiah rises up to love the Lord with all his heart. And he would rise up and he would lead the nation in repentance. He would break down the altars of Baal and Moloch and Ashtoreth. You know, he lived in a day when there was sexual immorality, when they were killing their children, when there was gender confusion, when there was persecution. Does this sound familiar? We are now standing at the Josiah moment. What does that mean? Because that's a sign of Josiah. Josiah rose when a nation that knew God turned away from God and now was in danger of judgment on one hand, on the verge of judgment, but on the other hand, the chance for revival. That is where we are now. The time is late. We were talking, I was talking with your pastor, Daniel. You know, we were talking about the end times are not just darkness, there's darkness and light. And the key, and that's what Josiah was, the key to the Josiah moment is Josiah, what did he do? That's why the Lord said, you gotta, you gotta, you see, the, the, I'm not gonna go into it, but the day that this came to me, the day that I finished the return of the gods, I shared about that last, the day I finished the return of the gods was the day, the very morning, that the altar of abortion was broken. And that's when the Lord said, you now have to give them an answer. And so, therefore, when you, the, on, the, on the front of the book, you'll see a broken altar. That's the sign. And so the key is in that. The last part, the, I've never done this before, but the last hundred pages are, is the end time manual, manifesto. God, what do we need to know? What did Josiah know and do that we need to know? How did he stay totally undefiled, pure in the midst of everything that was going on? How do we do that? How did he not just not be overcome? How did he overcome his entire culture? One person. What were the strategies? What were the keys? How did he change his world? Well, that's the reason. That's why. Now, there is a way to overcome. Some people, you know, you're fearing the end times. Do not fear the end times. Remember, if God didn't want you in the end times, he would have put you in the Middle Ages, and you wouldn't be happy. Thank God if he put you in the end times, he has a purpose for you. See, there's a way to overcome no matter where you live and what you live in. Josiah overcame. It doesn't matter where you are, what time it is, there's always a way to live victoriously. Josiah didn't care. You know, I, we, we don't have time to go into it, except I'll just mention just a few points. Josiah did not care what people thought. That was part of his greatness. He didn't care what the majority said. He didn't care what the polls said. He didn't care what political correctness said. He didn't care. He just cared, God, what do you say? And I'm going to do it. Josiah did not bow down to the culture, to the gods of the culture, to the political correctness of the culture. He did not bow down. He stood strong. He actually broke down the altars of the gods. Not only in his culture, 
he actually broke them down in his own life because in the courts of, of the king, there were those idols. And that tells you something. If there's something, if you're going to do great things for God, and God has called you for that, if there's anything in your life that should not be there, it begins by breaking that altar. Break that altar of that sin. Break that altar of that attitude. Break the altar. Then God can use you mightily. That's when you'll fulfill your calling. Josiah had to separate himself from the darkness of his culture. He had to unplug himself. If you're going to be strong for God, you got to separate from the darkness of your culture and plug yourself all the more into God. Josiah was plugged in into the presence of God, the power of God, the Spirit of God, the Word of God. We need to do that too. Before this year came, I had a strong sense that 2024 is going to be a dramatic year and a year of warfare. And see, that means you got to fight. You know, it's a good thing. Don't be afraid of fighting. Because, you know, you all want to be victorious, but you know what? You can't be victorious without a victory. And you can't have a victory without a fight. And so embrace the fight. You know, the difference is, listen, the enemy wants you down. The enemy wants to, to discourage you, to cripple you, to wound you, to defile you, to, to paralyze your life. He wants to do all that, discourage you. He wants you depressed. And the thing is, it's, if you don't fight, that's what it is. But when you fight, you're saying, no, I don't accept this anymore. No more. I am not giving into it. I'm not living with that anymore. It's saying, I am not accepting this anymore by the power of God. See, Josiah lived in the days of radical evil. And yet, so he said, you know what? I'm, I'm going to become radically good. So the thing is, we live in the same day. And we have to become radical for God. If the dark is getting darker, it should make us brighter. Josiah was given powers that were greater than the culture, greater than the world. He knew, and so you have too. And Josiah was not living on the, in the world, oh, I just got to get by, I just got to survive to the next. No, that wasn't his attitude. Josiah wasn't on earth to survive or get by the next problem. Josiah said, I'm on earth with a mission. I am on this planet with a mission from God. You know, they had that movie, The Blues Brothers, said we're on a mission from God. That's fantasy, but you are on a mission from God. And you got to look at your life. I'm not here to get all wrapped up in the problem. I am here to be part of the answer, and I am to be heaven's agent on earth. <laughs> Josiah did not live on the defense. He lived on the offense. we got to live that way too. And Josiah was in the midst of doing all these things of God, and we don't know that he knew exactly what God was at for him. He just knew this is God, and I'm going to obey it. So he's breaking down the altars. He ends up on a, on a high place called Bethel. And when he's on Bethel, he breaks down the pagan altars, and then he sees this little monument. He says, what's that? And the people say, well, that's the monument of the prophet who came here centuries ago and gave a prophecy over the broken altar that you would come here this day and do what you did, and he even named you by name. Now imagine what Josiah felt at that moment. Like, whoa, whoa, that was his destiny. And he didn't realize it until then. You see, Josiah was born for his age, and his age was made for him. But you know what? It wasn't just him. You are born for your age. You are born for this culture. You are born for this problem to be the answer. You see, in this age is made for you and you're made for this age. So again, do not fear the end times. 
If God called you to be born and you're not an accident because you're not, he called you to be born for this day, then he has appointed you. And if he's appointed you, he will anoint you. And if he's anointed you, he will empower you to overcome for such a time as this. Don't fear the call. Rise to it. Can one person change the course of a culture of a nation? Yes, with God, you can. What I wanted you to see tonight, I could only give you a taste, but what I wanted you to see is that this is not a matter of feeling or opinion or emotion, but fact. The fact is, your God is real. Your God is true more real than the word his word is true his ways are right his promises are good and his hand is mighty he does hear all your prayers he does break all darkness and curses he does do great and mighty things that we know not of and with our god nothing nothing shall be impossible don't forget it the devil rages. He rages against God's people. He rages against Israel. He rages against you, the people of Messiah. He rages and rages. But you know what? He's not going to win. He's going to pass away. They're all going to pass away. The world's going to pass away. But the word of our God shall never pass away. And the name of our God will be lifted up in every age and age to come. Because, you know what? The world has all sorts of gods and idols, but our God is God. Your God is God. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the Almighty, is his name. And he's chosen you to be a servant, to be his messenger for such a time as this. And he says to you this day, I have placed you in your mother's womb and I've called you by name. You are my child. You are my servant. I did not call you for bondage. I called you for freedom. I did not call you to be defeated. I called you to be victorious. I have chosen you and appointed you for this hour. Now, says the Lord, arise and take up the mantle I've given you. Serve me with all your heart. Draw near with all your strength put the past behind shake off the chains that have bound you and go higher deeper farther to the high and holy calling I have given you and I will bring it to pass for thus says the Lord Kumi Ori Kiva Orech Ukvod Adonai Aliach Zarach Arise man of God Arise woman of God Arise and shine for your light is come and the glory of of the Lord shall rise upon you in the name above every name, the name of Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, the light of the world, the glory of Israel, the lion of the tribe of Judah. God bless you. Shalom. God bless you.